Hey guys, Rachel here. So depending on where you are, um, it could be almost the end of racing season, like for us, or the end of racing season, or you could be like not even close to being done because you race year round. But either way, if you are, you know, looking at getting rid of racing parts, racing equipment, upgrading to a new car, getting getting rid of an old car that you don't need anymore. Um, Check out racingjunk.com. You can find pretty much anything racing related on there. Um, You can either sell your stuff or buy stuff from other people. Um, I mean, it's a classified site. So, I mean, there's so much stuff on there. So, Definitely check out racingjunk.com. You can sign up for a free account. There are paid accounts as well, but you can start out for free. So go to racingjunk.com and they are the official classified for Racewife Unfiltered. Welcome to Racewife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie racewife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a racewife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Racewipe Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest with us. Um, she is the host of Forever Motoring, a blogger, podcaster. She's also an author, a cognitive scientist, which is honestly extremely interesting, <laughs> and a philosopher of technology. And she's also, um, she she's written books about Porsche, the original uh, Volkswagen, and it's currently writing a book about Bessie Coleman, the aviator. So welcome, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, no, Great I'm glad that you were able mm-hmm. to take time out of your day. Uh, well, night, really. Yeah, it's night here. Because of the time different. <laughs> so yeah, um, and honestly, I, I have to ask, Bessie Coleman, what made you want to write about her? Oh, gosh, I'm kind of, I just kind of fell, fell for her. I I can't even remember. I was looking at a book of aviators. I also really like aviation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think once you get in this transportation world, you start seeing how everything's connected, right? Like people who made bicycles end up making V-twin engines, which end up making airplanes and Actually, Glenn Curtis, I was interested in him. I think that might be how I found Bessie. And then, yeah, just her story, um, this woman in a particular time period when it wasn't easy to be anything that she was, you know, right. <laughs> in terms of what the way society characterized her. And just, I just love her spirit. And it's really hard to find a lot of information about her, which kind of made me want to dig into it. And also that she went to Europe to get her... Uh, pilot's license because she wasn't allowed in the States because she was uh, not white and um, also a woman. But yeah, so there's all these things that just, I I just felt like, wow, she's so inspiring. How have I never heard of her? So Yeah. (laughs) Um, The only reason I know who she is is because like when I was younger, 
that would have probably been, I know it would have been in grade school, but I'm not remembering exactly what year. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually did a report on her for black, (laughs) for black history. Oh, wow. And so that's why I know who she is. Oh my gosh. That's cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Now I don't know if I'm, I don't know if there's any relation. The reason why I say that is because my maiden last name is Coleman. That's my dad's name. Oh my gosh. Name. Maybe you're I do not know. I have not uh, been able to go through the family tree. So yeah. I have no idea. Maybe I could be related to her. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I actually did um, a report on her. That's why I thought that was really interesting that you put Bessie Coleman on there. Because I was like, wow. Like. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Yeah, because most people don't, and you're right, most people don't know about her. Um, It's funny, I started researching it probably, it's been a long time, um, and I felt like nobody was talking much about her, but in the past five years or so, maybe it's just because I'm looking at it now, but I see a lot more, lots of little kids doing reports on her, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in school and stuff, and now the stamp, I think the stamp just came out, and a lot of things, so... But yeah, she's definitely somebody everyone should check out if you've never heard of her because yeah, no, I definitely really inspiring person, too. woman. Oh yeah, especially, yeah, especially for all of us in transportation because right. she really pushed some boundaries and opened some doors for for people. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, I mean, she did this at a time where, um, you know, it was hard for any woman to do, but also with her being a black woman, you know, like that was yeah. just not you know, a typical thing back then. Early 1900s. Yeah, know, exactly. Amelia Earhart and all that. Back when planes were just still really unsafe and people mm-hmm. were trying to, those, even planes were just sort of coming into being. So, right. and she literally sort of took, took this, took, you know, um, women and especially black women into a new space. And really America too, it's kind of, you yeah. know, it's like a gift to a lot of, a lot of us. So, yeah, no, I definitely mm-hmm. think that's interesting. So, um, so do you have like a date of when you should be done with the book or? No, I'm working no. on a lot of projects at once. And because that one is, it's a little hard with the uh, information and, and stuff. And also there's a lot of tricky things, I think, about me writing about her. And I don't know, I want to do it in the right way. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking my time and. Gotcha. But. Yeah. yeah. No, that's at the right time it will come. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> of course. Um, especially with books like that. I mean, you never want to rush it, especially you're having to do research and do all these things to be able to, you know, write it the way that you you know, that you want it to be presented. You know. So yeah, yeah I totally get that. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's such yeah. an important subject. Maybe I even feel like it's too important now. It's almost hard to you know, I don't know. Do you ever get sort of caught up in projects and then it's just hard to let them go? And it's yeah, like you're not sure if you can actually get it exactly as it needs to be, especially something as important as that subject, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I've had that happen. And then I've also had like projects where like I've started on them and I know that it's like something I truly wanted to do. And then I just like drop the ball on it because I'm like, because <laughs> then I would like, I don't know, like almost talk myself out of it. Like, oh yeah, like oh, I don't know if I should like put this out into the world. And because I'm like so close to it, 
like almost mm-hmm. too close to it to where it's like I don't want to put it out in the world because I'm afraid of like what people are going to say about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that I mean it's like I don't like that that <laughs> I want to be tougher than that, but right. it's like yeah, you get it's it becomes hard to separate yourself yeah. from your yeah. your own feelings and confidence mm-hmm. and so forth, but yeah yeah Yeah, i totally get that because yeah it's like because when you become really passionate about something like that you know and you're you're literally putting your blood sweat and tears into it because it's you know something that you've been doing for quite some time and you've really like been consistent with and it's like you know honestly the podcast was like that like i was i was about to say it's not i was like creating a podcast to put the podcast out (laughs) like i was yeah like and you can you did one before this one right is that true yeah so i i did one for like i think i only got to like the like three episodes maybe um and i quit and that yeah that was during COVID, and okay i I wasn't really aligned with it like it was just Mm -hmm. like i started it but i didn't really like the topics weren't really what i wanted it to be it wasn't even motorsport related it was just me just talking about random stuff oh, okay but you're um, sort of finding your way yeah and so i just so i quit and i'm like you know like i want to like really start this podcast a podcast but i don't know what i want it to be on mm-hmm. and uh it's funny <laughs> because like the podcast came to be because i went to a race at talladega and Haley vegan oh, cool. was testing mm-hmm in the xfinity series and she so that race i was there and saw her you know oh wow yeah that was like two years ago though right right yeah Yeah. and she she was p5 like i mean the fact that she's the only woman in the field oh my god she got to p5 and they normally you know only interview the first three right for the podium Mm -hmm. well they even went to p4 for some odd reason and then oh, okay. they cut the broadcast off and they did. Oh, no. Her. How could they? Oh. Right. So you were like, hey, I need to give some. Yeah. And so I, it dawned on me all of a sudden. I'm like, if Haley Deegan that day, knowing she was the only woman in the field, if she got into the top five and NASCAR didn't even give her the time of day and didn't even interview her. What about all these other women in motorsports that are in either smaller divisions, you mm-hmm. know, or you know doing they could be doing stuff behind the scenes whatever yeah what about them you know do yeah. they really have Why a don't voice? we hear about them it's kind of yeah you know and yeah. so it's I not was like they're not there but you right. think they're not there because we never hear about them right exactly and so i was like you know what um i'm like that day it dawned on me i'm like you know what i'm gonna start a podcast and i'm going to make it where all women in motorsports are able to take center stage and, you know, be able to Mm. share their stories, no matter what they do, you know, whether they're a content creator or they work like a regular job, like for Mm -hmm. like a a racing team or whatever, or they might be an owner or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just want them all to be able to have a voice, not just drivers, you Mm. know, so that's why I've even interviewed actual, you know, reporters and, and oh, that's good yeah like yeah, Jacqueline Drake like, you know she you was, help people feel like there's a community right of yeah other exactly women. I mean even just other women who are interested in these kinds of things mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And so that's why I was like, you know, any woman, no matter what they do, like even mm-hmm. if they have another, even if they have a podcast about motorsports, like <laughs> you know, and it's crazy because most people think I'm crazy for doing that because you know for because technically so I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be looking at you as competition, right? Because we do the same thing. But I don't oh, yeah. look at I don't look at it in that way. I yeah, look at it as either. there's not uh-huh. enough of us anyway. Why do I care? Exactly. <laughs> like, there's barely yeah, and it's not exactly the same thing. And I feel like podcasts it... in the motorsports realm and and ju- mm-hmm. just in general, there's not a lot of women content creators when it comes to you know cars or you know or you know motorcycles whatever you know whether mm-hmm. it's builds or if it's you know if they're going to races and they're just you know live streaming them or whatever mm-hmm. no matter what like there's not enough of us anyway yeah. so like I don't look at any of you as competition yeah and I also think you have a unique like I don't know if you've interviewed other people who are other women who are talking about transportation and motorsports but like you and I are definitely um we have different uh we're coming at it in different ways like mm-hmm. I feel like I can learn a lot listening to your podcast and that any of anyone who's listening to my podcast isn't going to get like double that <laughs> the, if they listen to right. yours is not the same thing it's like yeah. it's adding more you know so it, for me it would be like a good discovery right it's like Right. Even if we had the same guest on at some point, I think there would be different perspectives because mm-hmm. you're really in the racing scene um, and you know a lot about a lot of things I don't know anything about. I mean, I hardly know anything about dirt racing at all. And I know you know a lot about it. So, right. you know, these kind of things for me, it's great. It's like I love listening to your podcast because then I learn a lot about this world but it's not stuff i'll really have on my show because it's more theoretical and right you do appreciate that you're open to that i think that helps when if we can be open to one another and help each other and not see each other as as competition i mean i find that in other fields too you know science and philosophy and academic stuff or writing um yeah it can be too easy to think we're competing against each other but it's more like we're opening more space for each other and you know, the more success you have, the more success uh, other women can have. It's it's not that your success means other women can't have success. Right. Yeah. No. And that's how that's how I look at it too. It's like, you know, I'm all about you know women women supporting women. Like we shouldn't be fighting each other. Period. Or talking down to each other because one of us might have in in our mind more success than the other which really success is you know it really just depends on the person like Mm -hmm. you know the way that you judge success might not be the same as what i how i judge it right because i mean yeah their own Mm because you know Mm -hmm. my success might be you know doing this to the point where i have the income to leave my job leave my full-time job for you it might be something completely. Yeah, now I can only see. Okay. Um, yeah, I can hear you, but like, yeah, okay. It's better now. Maybe, Maybe I should have turned my video off. off. Does that help? Or is this a video or just audio? Well, normally um, it, I do audio first and then I do video later, but no, you're fine now. It, it's working. Like oh, the video's okay. working fine, dude. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's, Let's try, try again. again. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> 
I don't know what, what I was saying, saying but <laughs> I don't know where we were. Right. Yeah, no, we can we can just start to something else. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's no big deal. I mean, kind yeah, of like, it's funny we're, we're talking about, about like we're, we're not competitive, and yeah, yet we're taught we're we you know it is sports and racing. There's, There's a kind of a place for some competition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even between women, like if you have two women racers, of course they're going to compete right. when they're on the track or whatever, but. In a way, they're they're making each other better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have a race if you don't have a lot of people competing, and, and guys have been doing it. You know, we watch them all the time. But you put two women out, it's like, oh, they must be like totally against each other. But yeah, it actually big picture, it's helping. It's helping. At least I hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. I mean, it, like, for example, right now in NASCAR, we have the most women that we've ever had. How many, How many are there now? Two. Um, or... There's, let's see, hold on. There's Mandy Chick, there's Tony, there's Amber, there's Haley Deegan, and there's Natalie Decker. So there's five. Wow. And that's, really that's cool. the most we've ever had on a, you know, between, because I mean, most of them are in ARCA, but then mm-hmm. Haley's in the truck series. So, um, so yeah, so you've got four in ARCA and you've got one in the truck series and that's the most women in NASCAR that we've had like at one time ever. We've never yeah, had like a story. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. for, you know, for something like that to happen is amazing. I mean, it, we, it shouldn't have taken this long for this to happen, but it mm-hmm. has. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that yeah is a historical thing for nascar because yes. normally we've only had like one and that was danica patrick and she was the only one and yeah, she was the, right. the only one for so long mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know then you also had um uh julie landar but she was mainly in the euro series of nascar mm-hmm. so she didn't really race here in the states so mm-hmm. you didn't really have any, you know, she raced around that same time, you know, when Danica was still here, but you didn't hear much about her because she was mainly in Europe, you know, mm-hmm. in the Euro series. And a lot of people don't know about the NASCAR Euro series here anyway. So, yeah. yeah so it's kind of, so it was kind of a little, you know, and I mean, I know she did race some here in America, mm-hmm. but it was very, very limited. Um, mm-hmm. She mainly raced in Europe. And so you, besides her and Danica, like you didn't really have anybody else, you know, except for maybe in the early 2000s, like, like, you know, quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- we haven't really had, we've never had this many women at one time. No. Is anybody writing about it, or does NASCAR cover it a lot? I mean, I mean, in your opinion, I don't think so. I don't feel they they cover them enough. I don't Mm -hmm. think so. Um, You know, I mean, these women are struggling with funding. (laughs) You know, Um, Mandy runs part time because her family owns her her team. You know, so she doesn't run all the time. She's also in college too. She's trying to juggle all that and wow. race. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I actually like her podcast episode come comes out tonight. So oh, yeah, like funny. yeah. So wow, that's great. Yeah, talking to her like that was 
something that I realized like, yeah, like she doesn't race on a regular basis. She races mm-hmm. part time. Then you've got Amber like earlier um, this season when they went to Kansas Speedway the first time, because they always go twice. But mm-hmm. the first time she, after that, she didn't even think she was going to be able to race the rest of the year, the season because because of funding. Because of funding. Man. Like she she posted about it on Instagram about how she didn't think she was going to be able to race after Kansas because of funding. And she, she had luckily been able to get some funding to be able to race, you know, every now and then, but Mm -hmm. she's still not like fully consistent like she was, but yeah. I mean, and then you've got Tony, she, she has some pretty big sponsors because she's sponsored mm-hmm. by like Victoria's Secret and oh, okay. Hot Wheels and like some pretty big sponsors. So she runs a lot more consistent than mm-hmm. uh, the rest of them in the Arca series. Um, yeah. And then you got Natalie. Natalie came back. She had she had left for a little while, um, but she came back to Arca and like. Uh, this this uh, past weekend at Daytona, she made her Xfinity Series debut. So she's actually oh, wow. the only woman right now in Xfinity oh, because gosh. there isn't anybody else. Um, so I don't, but I don't know. Like supposedly she she placed thirty fifth. That's where mm-hmm. she started, and that's where she finished. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like, I don't know, like, a lot of people are obviously talking bad about her and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that was just, just a test. Yeah. If that was just a test run or what. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Do you think, is, is it, it like, like that, that for guys when they're first getting into it? Or is it more like, yeah. It's, so, so it's really just kind of because they're women. Yeah, that they the women get it way worse. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are some guys that literally run the back of the field every single week. And you don't and still money. Yeah. 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 And they run consistently every single week. And, and why, why do you think that is? is? I mean, is, is it just literally because there's they're just women or is it uh, some kind of like, are they? I feel it's, it's both. I feel that w- because they're women, they're automatically the minority, right? Like mm-hmm. there's not very many women in the sport. And so they, they think, think they, they won't have, have an audience, audience or something? Or I don't think that. Okay. I think they'll have, they know of the audience, but I think they still look at women as a liability. Um, because if they, they get hurt, it's Well, maybe that, but harder. also I feel when it comes to getting sponsors, a lot of people don't want to sponsor women. Like, yeah, but that's they, what I'm they saying. Like, why not? <laughs> and I, mean, I, and see, I don't get it. I never, yeah. I never understood it. But for some reason, like, it's still one of it. This sport is still so male majority that Mm -hmm. I think they still don't look at women as if we can do it. You know, like we're still kind of looked at as, Oh, we're just honestly, just from Instagram comments and what I Mm -hmm. see in saying to some of these Mm -hmm. women in NASCAR, they just think that they're using I mean, pretty much using the NASCAR name for clout, that they're just using it to just build their personal brand and that they don't really care about being a race car driver. Hmm. But that's not what this is. These women are training just as hard, if not harder than some of these men do, because obviously 
bio, uh, you know, when it comes to biology, right? Mm -hmm. Biologically, mm -hmm. we are built different than men. So we can't train the exact same way as men, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to fitness, we have to train a different way. So right. I think that they don't realize how much these women have to put their bodies through mm -hmm. to be in a race car. When first of all, these race cars are not, I mean, they're, they're built, I mean, they're built to really fit anybody, but if you think about it, like it's a male sport, they build these cars based on men, right? Yeah. yeah that's, that's been, been the template. template of exactly. And years, so years, you're putting years, years. women into a car that is not mm -hmm. built for them which means you're going to have to modify it for them. And also, I mean, obviously that costs money, but mm -hmm. also oh, yeah. like, yeah, you have to, like, you just have to go into all this with a different, with a different mindset because you mm -hmm. are dealing with women. And I think that is something. That, yeah. I think that, I think mm -hmm. a lot of um, people just don't feel that, like women are, are able to keep up with men mm -hmm. in this sport, which is a shame because it, that's mm -hmm. not true and it doesn't make sense. But, no. but if you look at the timeline of women in NASCAR and what they've done, you know, some of these women have done some really amazing things, but it took them forever to get there. Right like yeah, way longer than it takes some of these men to do it because mm -hmm. they're not given the opportunities like the men right. are given yeah and it's, it's hard to get the sponsor and... mm -hmm. yeah is, is there, there like a, a women only, only competition now there was okay. um for uh f1 did the the w series but right. they they just tanked mm -hmm. it yeah yeah, yeah. So that was really it. That was really all. No, no, sorry, no, no, no. It's all men. Always, yeah. It's pretty much all men. Um, you have women in dirt. You do, mm -hmm. but you don't have a ton there. You, but you do have. You do have a few. Like when you go like on the higher scale, which is like the extreme midget outlaws, and then you've got like the world of outlaws. There's no women in world of outlaws anymore. Though we only mm -hmm. had. There's only one woman that used to run pretty consistent. Um, and that was Erin Crocker, Everham, Ray Everham's wife. She oh, ran okay. with the World of Outlaws on a consistent basis. But, you know, when she was actually still racing, but she was the only woman to do it. Um, mm. every, all the other women, there now there's a lot of, there's quite a few women in the extreme uh, outlaw midgets which is still ran by the world of outlaws but it's the midget series there's quite mm -hmm. a few in there i've actually interviewed, interviewed, interviewed quite a few, few, right? yeah. yeah so taylor ferns um lacy ferno um you then also you have ashley afdal uh she runs in that and she also runs you know a micro sprint um mm -hmm. actually i will be interviewing her but not yet like her okay. interview comes later on <laughs> but yeah it's coming up but um, so you've got her, Katie Hedinger that runs in the Cars Tour. She runs like micro sprints too um, mm -hmm. when she's not racing in the Cars Tour. So you do have, um, and like Mandy Chick, she came from, she came from dirt, you know, before she did oh, Arca. Okay. She did dirt modifieds. She also did uh, quarter midgets, um, all of that. So she came from dirt too. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, now she's an Arca. 
Um, but you know, you do have quite a few women that have either started in dirt and then moved to mm -hmm. asphalt or they are still in dirt, but you know, but you just don't hear about them. Um, mm -hmm. because you know, dirt is mainly men. There's barely any women, you know, higher up. Now you have a lot of women that run like more on the local levels. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I, like I know here, we have a lot of women that run, um, like at the local racetrack and stuff, but that's pretty much about it. You're only going to really hear of women, like more women in dirt on the local levels, like lower mm. levels. You don't really hear about them further up. Yeah. 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 So, so you, you first, like, did you start the podcast to only talk about women or was it more? Cause it's no, it was life. only about was women. It, it was from, from the beginning. beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that, that seeing that NASCAR thing kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah. kind of like just set fuel to the fire. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, no, like these women need a platform to share their stories. And luckily, I've been fortunate that I haven't had a woman tell me no. <laughs> you really? know, oh, no, that's great. I haven't had yeah. one tell me no. Like, that now, really have good. there been some that have not like responded? Yeah. But yeah, but that's the ones that have seen the, the emails and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have, and then I've also had some women that have reached out directly to me to ask. To oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, because there's not really another outlet for that, but I think there's, you know, maybe it's starting to grow a little bit, right? Like more people are getting more interested in, in other media outlets. Have you seen that too? Like in magazines or, I don't know, other women that are starting to talk about their love of cars and, Fine. Yeah, you're starting, to see, you're starting to see a lot more women come more come forward about, you know, being into motorsports or being into cars mm -hmm. or and things like that. Yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm glad to see it because it's been like it's been mm -hmm. needed for so long um, mm -hmm. because that's always been like a stigma thing, like because women oh women if you're into cars like yeah you probably don't know anything about cars you know like we're just we're kind of looked at like as if like we really don't know what we're talking about because yeah that's and it reinforces itself, itself right it's, it's like, like women don't, don't know about cars, cars so you don't need to teach them about cars so you don't need to tell them about cars or i don't know if your daughters any of your daughters right yeah I, I don't know if they, they learned about stuff like that when they were kids growing up in your family, but in, in, in a yeah, lot of families, it's like the boys learn, but the girls don't because right. there's this weird, oh, girls don't care about it, but actually they do. Right. They just don't have a chance. Yeah. So, they, you know, so they could be just as good at it too. So my daughters grew up around cars because my husband's mm. a, you know, yeah, he's a racer it. and mm. that was something that he never, he never wanted that stigma with them. They, yeah. if they wanted to learn about, about the car and they wanted to help, they can help. Like, mm -hmm. you know, same thing with me, like, cause I knew nothing about cars or any, or motorsports at all before I mm -hmm. met my husband. I knew of NASCAR, but like, I didn't know, you know, I never watched it or anything cause my family's not into racing at all. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, when I met my husband 18 years ago, that's wow. how <laughs> I got into racing and all of that. And so... Mm -hmm. Um, but that was like the first thing that he told me, he's like, Hey, 
I, you know, I, I like to go racing on the weekends and stuff. If this is not something you're into, you need to let me know now. Oh, that's, that's funny. funny. He was kind of warning well, cause you. Well, because he's had part, part of our lives. lives. Yeah, that's what he was yeah. saying. This is going to be a part of your life. And mm-hmm. so if you're not into that, then we kind of need to discuss it now before we mm-hmm. go any further into our uh, relationship, which totally made sense. Yeah, well, because that was important. something he was into, and he's mm-hmm. been—I mean, my husband had been racing since he was eight years old. Oh, okay. So, so grew up the yeah, because he raised yeah. go karts and then um, oh, okay. and stuff, and then he was racing a go kart when I met him. Oh, um, literally, yeah. like, like that's, that's how you met him, racing, racing a go kart. He was well, he was he, literally the like one weekend when I was talking to him at the, over the phone because like we we were kind of we were long distance so he uh, worked where i lived but he didn't live in the same city uh, he lived 45 minutes away okay. so we did like a long distance thing and mm-hmm. so he he was actually one weekend when i was talking to him on the phone he's like oh i'm actually going up to i think it was batesville mississippi they had like this indoor carding um you know uh, race or whatever and he was actually going by a go-kart from some guy up there because he was going to sell it to him after he raced it mm-hmm. so i was like oh okay mm-hmm. and so yeah he's like i'm yeah i'm going by another go-kart and he's like but i'm just letting you know if i'm buying this go-kart so if you're you know if you yeah. don't hint, want hint. to be <laughs> around this like mm-hmm. you need to tell me now because when I get back, I'd like for you, like he wanted me to go to a race with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm open to it. Like I've never, you know, I told him, I said, look, I don't know anything about racing, but I don't hate it. Like, you know, I'm going to yeah. be open-minded about it and see what it's like. Like I don't, just just, I really thought about yeah, it I've never been around just, it and yeah. I had never seen dirt racing before. Like mm-hmm. I only knew of NASCAR because I knew people that watched it that I went to school mm-hmm. with, but that's yeah. it. Like I didn't know anything about it. Now I knew what motocross was and and like stuff like on the X Games and things like that because that was mm-hmm. that was made mainstream. You know, like mm-hmm. people knew who Tony Hawk was and you know Brian Deegan and all of them. Like people mm-hmm. knew about them even if they weren't even interested in, in sure. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I knew about that stuff, but I didn't know about go-karts and and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah I remember some, some friends of mine in school raced go-karts, and it, I had no idea what they were doing. I had no idea that's like a first step towards, you know. Well, yeah, for most people it is. Mm-hmm. Like most people mm-hmm. start out in go-karts and then like work their way up. But then mm-hmm. there's some people that don't, you know, and they'll like, but then there's also the difference. Like there's people that run the carts, like especially where you guys are. You guys call it carting, but mm-hmm. we call those shifter carts here. Anyone's wondering? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention. Yeah. So yeah, Andrea's in Europe, but like yeah. we call that type of carting because like you guys tend to do it like on road courses and stuff. We call those mm-hmm. shifter carts here. Because if okay. we just say go karts here, that means dirt. <laughs> so yeah, so we that's oh, kind of okay. how it is here. Because some people uh, do it on the road course, some people do it, mm-hmm. you know, on dirt. But the dirt ones, we just call those go karts, and the ones that are on asphalt, we call those shifter carts here. 
So I didn't realize that until somebody told me because I had somebody on the podcast. They were from the UK um, Mm -hmm. and they were talking Mm -hmm. about carding. And I assumed that it was dirt because (laughs) that's what my husband did. And no, it was it was on a road course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but that's what we call uh, shifter carts here. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know why there's a difference in names, but yeah, it's mm. called shifter carts here. Um, so yeah, so I kind of have to sometimes explain that because yeah, yeah. like here, have you found like um, I, I have you found a lot of similarities in why women are racing and like over different countries and different kinds of. People, is there any, like, are there yeah, any I mean, I, I listen to some of your episodes, of course, and a lot of people talk about their family, like it starts with the family, or family is really important. I like that part of it, but I just wondered, like, what you've noticed, if there's anything that comes up a lot. Or... Yeah, so actually, so yeah, a lot of them tend to be like multi generational, you know, so mm. they, they grew up in racing all their lives. Yeah. So obviously, Probably the same with guys, too. Like, yeah, own, some of them, yeah. too. Um, but then there are others that know they, you know, they didn't grow up in racing and they just fell into it because they, you know, they saw it and thought it was cool and they were like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, maybe I want to go do this. But another thing, like what you mentioned, like, um, and I, I've seen it too, depending on what type of racing you want to do, if it de- really depends on where you live. So mm-hmm. here in Louisiana, where I'm at, we mainly have dirt tracks. We only have one road course and that's it. So if you are into asphalt and you're wanting an asphalt race, this is not the Mm -hmm. place for you. So you pretty much have to move to be able to. Exactly. So, and and that's the, and, and I don't know about all countries, but in the U S specifically, we have that problem. So in certain areas of the country, you mainly have dirt. In certain areas of the country, you have asphalt and mm-hmm. road course, you know, racing. So depending on where you live, if you are in an area where they don't have the type of racing that you want to do, you pretty much have to either travel long distances, which mm-hmm. obviously is expensive right. no matter what. But yeah. also if, yeah. if you can't, it, it's either that or move to like another state. Oh. Um, and so you do see a lot of people do that. No, not at all. Make it. Not, exactly. Yeah. And so that's why you have a lot of people that when they race locally, like here, we have a lot of our dirt tracks that are closing. We don't oh. really have any left. And oh, so because of lack of people. No, or? it's definitely oh, okay. not lack of people. <laughs> it is poor management. It's oh, bad really? management of tracks. Oh, That's clearly what it is. It's the people that own them. They're not running them correctly. And then they run okay. people off and then they can't, they can't afford to run it anymore. Or they don't update their facilities. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. like the upkeep of the track, but most of the time, most of it is poor management. They, they want to run it like a hobby and not a business. They, they uh, they'll buy these tracks mainly for just themselves and their friends to run. And then if they make a little bit of money, it's no big deal. They don't really care. Mm-hmm. But the thing is when they start gaining a lot of people, they don't put any type of maintenance into the track. They don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And then these tracks get shut down. And yeah, and unfortunately, it hinders the people that are local because a lot of these people cannot afford to go race out 
out of town. They can't. And so Mm -hmm. they're very limited to where they can go. Um, And so we used to have three tracks down here that you could pretty much kind of jump between. Okay. Now where we're down the one. Yeah, I'm in Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Where are you? Yeah, I'm I'm closer to Baton Rouge. I'm like right okay. outside of Baton Rouge. So I'm about 15 minutes outside of Baton Rouge. So Baton Rouge Raceway is our local track, and that is the only okay. track that is open down here right now. Oh wow! That's it. Gosh. But, but that's, that's been, been recent. recent. There, there were more. Yeah, more. yeah. This is just recent. This is within the past year. So, so most women are. are getting into, into whatever's, whatever's near them, them, I guess. Then, right. Or, like, like pretty much. They... Yeah. So yeah. we do have some women that race out at uh, Batner's Raceway. Um, most of them don't run, like, late models or anything like that. They mainly run, like, the smaller classes, like this. We call them stingers, but they're just little, you know, they're just regular cars that you just put a roll cage in, you know. Oh, um, okay. But that's what we call them. <laughs> Um, a good name. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. so we call them that. They have women in the in that class. Um, and then you've got some women that are in like the pure stock, street stocks, factory stocks. That's what they call them. But but besides that, you don't really have any women in any of the others. You don't have women in the modifieds. You don't have women in the late models either. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very limited. You just really yeah. have women in that. And then obviously so, you have some, you have yeah. some girls in the mini wedge class, which are really just champ carts um, mm. with a, you know, roll cage cart. That's yeah, what it yeah, is yeah. with a, um, with a little, pretty much a weed eater motor on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they have those, but that's it. You don't really have any, anything else that you know any women are running in and so or young girls are running in and then that's it i mean unless you want to go two and a half three hours away to another track um that you know that runs on the same night as baton rouge raceway mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. and then the then you've got one more track you've got two more tracks that are further north but they're like five six hours from here Hmm. And that's not feasible for us to do. So no, yeah. So, but, but you're you're you're, you're not. Um, your daughters aren't interested, interested in racing, are they? My youngest or, is. Oh, she is. She's okay. she's fifteen. Um, and wow. she is. She wants to race. Um, but she wants it to be a two car operation and not mm. one. Because my husband mm-hmm. said he would be willing to give up racing in the car to let oh. her race wow but she says she doesn't love that. <laughs> she wants to race against her dad oh, and okay. so <laughs> that's, that's part, part of the fun, fun of it, i guess yeah uh-huh. but i told her i'm like i i get that but mm. we'd have to have the funds to fund a two-car team and we don't have a trailer big enough for yeah. two cars so yeah like i'm like <laughs> you're you're really like you're really pushing like the funding on this totally. because yeah, because I mean, we would need we would need a trailer that's big enough to hold two cars. We we wouldn't be able to either. We would need to get another open trailer and then another vehicle that could pull, you know, another trailer. That's um, quite uh, yeah. Or we have to do, team. Yeah, we pretty much have to start <laughs> our own team, like a full blown team. And I told yeah. her, I'm like, right now, 
I'm like, until mm. the podcast pays me, like, yeah. enough. Yeah. Once you get the, the money, money come in. in. Yeah. That's first on the list. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I told her. I'm like, I will fund your racing career. I'm like, that will be first yeah. on the list. Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder what little girls, girls like, what would make little girls, girls get into it. it. Because I wasn't someone who, I mean, my family was like, uh, my grandfather had a farm. So, you know, if you have a farm, you have to figure out how to fix things. Right. So there was a lot of kind of mechanic mm-hmm. knowledge and stuff, but there weren't, I don't know, no, no, definitely no women racers. <laughs> no, I mean, no role models of women kind of doing that stuff. And I just never would have thought of it as a kid, really. I mean, yeah. most of the people I saw doing it were, were men. And yeah, yeah I wonder if it's changed. Like, I, that's kind of what I was wondering with your interviews and stuff, like if women... Because you do a lot of younger. Yeah, some of them are are younger. Um, Honestly, a lot of them, it's because they grew up around it. Um, Like their dad raced or their grandfather raced or or something like that. Most of the younger ones, that's what it is. Um, Because like Katie Katie Hedinger, you know, like Mm -hmm. she grew up around it. You know, my my youngest daughter, she's grown up around it all her life. Oh. Oh, okay. For some reason, it cut off. Yeah, I don't know. That's very strange how it's... Yeah. Maybe so, it's my... It's just so late at night, I guess, my computer. Maybe. <laughs> That's okay. It's had enough. Maybe so. <laughs> but yeah, so she's... My youngest daughter's been around it all her life. So yeah. for her, this is normal. Like racing's normal to her because this is how mm-hmm. her lifestyle's always been. And I guess like if you've you've been around it your whole life, it makes sense to you. Like yeah, and I you'll think probably that's probably doing something. Mm-hmm. In that's probably why it's there's there haven't been a lot of women in motorsports because we just don't see it in our when we're kids, you know. But now that's yeah. starting to change a little bit. So there's more mm-hmm. women more visibility right also probably it's easier to go online and find stuff like if you're yeah. interested in it you can kind of mm-hmm. find it now you don't have to rely on just what your family right offers you and stuff so yeah. maybe it'll become more normal it's like an you know like it's yeah. not a strange thing to choose as a woman to go into and not only racing but there's so many cool jobs in engineering mm-hmm. and mechanics and working on the cars and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff is pretty exciting i think for kids, for yeah. young girls and women, but like you, sometimes you just don't think of it as your a choice or an opportunity. Right. You know? Exactly, and and that's why we don't have a lot of women in STEM. And yeah. I mean, now we're starting to see a lot more, but that's mm-hmm. why we didn't really Definitely. have a lot of women in STEM is because mm-hmm. it was pretty much catered to men. Like it yep. was, it wasn't something that a lot of women went into. And yeah, mm-hmm. now you do see a lot more women that are. Um, a part of like racing teams, like being a part of the pit crew and being, you know, crew mm-hmm. chiefs and doing things like that, that you normally would not see is because you have a lot more women going into STEM now than mm-hmm. that you didn't have before. And like, and um, NASCAR drive for diversity, their, their program, they mm-hmm. had more women this year than men. There was only like five men, I think. And then the yeah, rest that of the is, women. That is a turn right there. And that was a huge We should mark some historic moments, I mean, that are yeah. happening right like, now. Like, this, I believe this, this, this year was the most women they had ever had, yeah. like, in 
you know, coming through for that because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they had like I counted because they showed the picture of all of them. I think there was mm-hmm. like maybe five men, and that's it. And the, all oh the gosh. rest of them were women. So wow. there's a lot that's more definitely women definitely flipping the through. script. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like it's definitely changing, and I and I'm glad that that it's happening that way because it's like we do need more women in STEM. And like, that's the same thing. Like my youngest daughter, she is interested in that. Um, Mm. Actually, it's funny, but, and I'm glad that the high school that she goes to has a STEM center. It's completely separate from the regular campus though, but they have that, they have a robotics team that competes. And so, yeah, she wants to do it next year. She didn't do it this year because she said, like, the way that her classes were, mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have had enough time to catch the bus to be able to go because she's oh. like, yeah, like the classes she's in, like, it's yeah. like, it's, I think she said it's like, because it's the outside building and she has to actually go upstairs. Oh, okay. And it's like on the opposite side of the campus. Oh yeah. And so by That's the time she would have got down there, came across, she would have missed the bus every day. So oh, she said man. that there was no she said maybe next year maybe when next she year. can actually But at least it's an opportunity at least it's an offer. Yeah. Now, you know? It's from because 9 it's really to fun. I mean I love yeah. technology and these kind of things. Once you discover it it's yeah it's a club. So, cool so nine through twelve they get to do it and oh um, see yeah, it's really it's really neat what they get to do. Um, like I said, they they compete, you know, as mm. a robotics team and stuff. So they're actually and, building something. With yeah, the they're building stuff. Yeah, wow. They're always building things. So cool. It's definitely the future too. I mean, this is yeah, definitely good skills to have. And you know, yeah, you and that's what she wants car, to do. Build a robot. Yeah, she wants to uh-huh. go. Like she said that that would be what she would like to do is go into um, mechanical engineering. Race oh, good cars. for her. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> and I told oh, yeah. her, I said, that's amazing. Like she wanted, so she wants to go to LSU mm-hmm. for, for their mechanical engineering program. And supposedly. They have some good programs there. Yeah, probably. they work, supposedly they work with F1. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they All have right. like some type of Big program. Big time. Big league. F1. <laughs> yeah, where they were building like some type of aerodynamic thing or whatever. It was like some type of feature on the cars. Yeah, mm. supposedly they so they have like ties with F one and stuff, and so she wants to go do that, which I think yeah. is really cool that she wants that she wants to you know do that. It's very and, cool, and it would be a cool way to to live. You know, I've always wanted to be able to take apart a. I wrote this book about the Volkswagen Beetle, the original mm-hmm. one, and I've always wanted to just be able to like take one apart and put it back together again. You know, just like know how to do it. And, yeah. 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 I think these these kind of skills are just so there's something so wonderful about understanding how things work. I mean, I, I also technology and computers and mm-hmm. and all of this, but even you know these very basic levels like figuring out how how technology comes together. It's like a, right. it's pretty exciting, I think, and yeah, it's exciting that more women are doing it because they bring a lot to it. You know, I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen, but there's quite they're pretty good at it. Girls are yeah. pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we bring a di- we just bring a different perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes it's what that's what's needed. Um, you know, because I mean, 
the whole point of STEM is innovation. And sometimes mm -hmm. you need, you know, whether that's somebody of a different gender or, mm -hmm. you know, just, just a different, different demographic. That, yeah. Yeah. That's not, that is normally not in STEM. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes that's what you need to be able to innovate. And, you know, that's why we have so many different people that have invented things and, you know, like di from different backgrounds and stuff is because it's not, you know, it's not always going to be the typical stereo, you know, the stereotypical typical male, right? Like it's not. No it's way. Gonna, it's, it's usually like the oddball different. people or, you know, people who've come out of like different ways of seeing the world or using yeah. the world to make these yeah. big inventions. Sometimes that's what it takes. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, and it's not to say that they, you know, that, you know, the average male c can't do that type of stuff. They can, no, you know, of course. but it's just that sometimes it does take somebody that is not that stereotype, you know, to, to create something. Um, and just being able to, for especially high school students, which I feel is amazing, starting mm -hmm. them young to be able to learn how to create and, mm -hmm. and be able to do things like that. When, to be honest, a lot of times school hinders our creativity, but giving them that outlet to be able to be creative mm -hmm. and, and, and be innovative and create things like that. It is great because unfortunately, I know when I was in school, we didn't have that type of program. We didn't have that type of stuff and they hindered our creativity, you know? Yeah. You don't, and you I, don't even know those paths are open. I think part of what school can do is just open you and show you there's many different paths and give you some like tools to follow them if you want to. But yeah, a lot of school maybe limits you kind of tells you yeah. there's these few disciplines and you have to pick one or, mm -hmm. exactly. or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the fact that they're giving them this option is I'm, I'm glad that they, that they mm -hmm. really paid attention and it's like, Hey, we need more people in STEM. And that's something that, you know, mm -hmm. so they literally created a whole separate STEM center. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, things do change for the better, I guess, in yeah. some ways, you know, at least there's yeah. like attention now. And I, another thing I think is really good is that women start to feel more confident about all those skills and that it becomes like second nature. It's because it's not that women are better or worse right. than men. It's just that you have the opportunity and you're around it when you're young mm -hmm. and you just, it becomes normal for you to work in some science, technology, engineering, mechanics, these kinds of fields, you know, instead of it being, Oh, that's like a, something for men to do, you know, men right. work on, do that stuff, which is just kind of silly if you think about yeah. it, but we learn it when we're little girls and you just right. assume it. You're like, Oh, that must be true. If everyone's telling me that, but yeah, exactly. definitely not true. And now you can look around and see, Oh, there's like a lot of women doing this. They're good at it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can go to school and there's opportunities for you to do it. I think that's yeah. a very positive change. Oh yeah. Especially, I mean, like I've just seen the change in, in 18 years worth, like seeing more women, you know, behind the scenes doing stuff. Like, you know, mm -hmm. when I first got into racing, that was not even a thing. Like you just did not see women doing women. any of that. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's sad that it took this long. But mm -hmm. I'm glad that, oh, okay. You're Speaking back. of technology. Right. 
Uh, yeah, but I'm glad mm. that um, that now it has changed where you are seeing more women, you know, in mm. STEM and you see more women doing these things and, and also being open about, you know, their love for for STEM and cars and things like that. Because, yeah, like, especially with social media, you know, you, you there's people that are always saying really negative stuff about women with cars and being race car drivers yeah, and well, stuff. Well, it's silly. Any yeah. young women listening to this, don't worry. Yeah, about don't. Those silly people. Exactly. <laughs> don't listen to them because it's like, to be honest, more than likely, they're probably just jealous of you because they can't do it. Yeah, probably. You're probably, yeah, like intimidated. Yeah. That, that, they, that you have skills that they don't. Exactly. But you know, it's always been like that. I mean, I don't know. I played sports a lot when I was a kid. And also, I always liked working on stuff, like tinkering with stuff. And you always get people who kind of tell you, you know, girls don't do that or you should yeah. be more ladylike or whatever. Like right. girls don't get their hands dirty working on like taking their skateboard apart and putting it back together again. Or it's like, why not? You know? Yeah, why not? But it, but it can really hurt you when you're a little girl. People yeah. tell you that kind of crap. So mm-hmm. just the fact that the, the world is changing enough that it's more accepted. And there's a lot of bad stuff about social media. But one good thing about about it is that you can go online and find other people other women who care about this kind of stuff you know exactly if you know if you look and just stay away from the the groups that are (laughs) saying the negative stuff right exactly and and that's one great thing about social media being like the way it is now is yeah like you mentioned you can go whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or, you know, what, I mean, those are where you're going to find groups at, right? But you can actually go into groups that are catered to women that are, you know, either in the same industry as you, or, you know, might just be interested in cars or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's, there is, you know, there is a community that you can be a part of. Mm -hmm. You know, especially yeah, if and you, you can don't find have... women who are working in Formula One or something. Yeah. You can, if you if you know if you search for them, you can find them. Hopefully, yeah. you won't have to search for them in the future. It'll be you know, <laughs> right. in your face the way it is that men are in your face. But right. at least now, if you go Google a few things, you can find. Oh, there actually are women doing yeah. this already. Yeah, yeah. You got women mm-hmm. that do it there. You got women in IndyCar. You got you got yeah, a, NASCAR you, too, you right? Women There's in NASCAR, NASCAR too. women behind the scenes. Yeah, some women that are in pit crews and stuff. You don't have as much. Not, like, yeah, it's still not no, familiar. not NASCAR. NASCAR is actually still like I love NASCAR, but NASCAR is still technically behind when it comes to um, yeah. having women like behind the scenes doing stuff. I mean, sure you have them as reporters, right? But mm. when it comes to pit crew, you don't really have a lot. Um, yeah. You have more in IndyCar and in Formula One, you have, mm-hmm. you have more. Um, and especially like, and then obviously with F1 Academy, you have more women that are racing um, yeah. in there. Um, so, even though technically F1 wasn't very um, accepting of women, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that Susie Wolf has a lot to do with this because she's the reason why there's more women in F1. Because if it wasn't for her, there wouldn't be, there'd be no women in F1 at all. Mm-hmm. She she's the main doors. reason why People, there are. Yeah. 
I mean, that goes back to kind of this Bessie Coleman kind of thing too, where it really takes the first person to like get in there and open that door. And that is a hard thing to do, you know, and you often don't even get credit for it too much Mm -hmm. or people forget or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And she's the reason why, you know, F1 Academy is the way it is. And now they're finally going to televise it because before that it wasn't even televised, which made no sense. Because these sponsors for these women, they're going to pull out if they don't have return on investment. And if you're not televising it, then to them, that's mm-hmm. not worth it. You know, so yeah, I'm glad that's that part they're... of that competitive thing. That's... Yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that F1 doesn't want to put the funding into it. Like, that's why the W Series was tanked. With W Series, you didn't even have to have a ton of sponsorship to be able to run it. That was the whole point because it gave mm-hmm. a lot of women that didn't really have that backing to be able to race. And mm-hmm. they just said. But it was a completely different model, business model that just didn't. They yeah. they just said, oh, well, we're, we're pretty much they the way they worded it was very odd. But you could just tell that they just didn't want to put money into it. Like, I mean, l- let's just be real. They pretty much just said we don't want to put any money into it. So we're just mm-hmm. taking it. Um, and with F1 Academy, mm-hmm. it's not that they still don't really put that much funding into it when they really should. Okay. <laughs> they still don't put that much money in it. Yeah. They don't, they don't put it as much money into F1 Academy either. And that's why, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why it wasn't even televised. But now they're finally getting. Yeah, it it's like they're waiting for the audience to come or something instead of doing what would what they normally would do, which would be to go, you know, find the audience, put the money in, get right. the audience there. I don't know. So uh, well, and honestly, I think what it is because I mean, let's be honest, F two through F four doesn't really yeah it's get not really much either. I think they yeah, only all care the about stuff. You- That's mm-hmm. it. They only care about F1, and that's it. They don't really care about any of the other smaller series. They pretty much just say it doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. those series are multi-million and billion-dollar organizations, Mm -hmm. you know. And to them, that's more important than their bottom line, which is F2 on down. Right, and it's already established, and it's already... Yeah, yeah. that's all they care about, is making those sponsors Mm -hmm. happy and stuff. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, think of where they're going, Monaco, and all these extremely ritzy places that most people cannot even afford to go to. You know, most people can't afford to go to an F1 race. I mean, it's it's impossible. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, it's because they're. it's more of like a red carpet event. That's literally all that shows up is celebrities and, you know, people that have money to just blow on whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, that, yeah. that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. pretty much the motorsports version of a red carpet event. Yeah. That, that's literally what all that is. I mean, pretty much is like you compare F1 to Hollywood. That's that's exactly what this is. <laughs> Yeah. And what does NASCAR become? Mm, 
I don't know. I don't know what NASCAR would be considered, to be honest. Like, I guess it would be kind of like, maybe like the Cannes Film Festival or something. You know? Yeah, maybe. Like, like it's still a little is like expensive, a theater but it's not, it's not like Academy Awards, right? It's a little bit underneath right. that. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. still cool, but yeah, different. But I would Definitely compare cool. it to I compare it to like a film festival, not the Academy Awards. Academy Awards is like you know, yeah, that works. Really, you can see that. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> the Oscars, pretty much like extremely like rich people, but NASCAR is still affordable enough to where you don't have to be rich. Be- Trust me, NASCAR can get expensive, but it's not it's not anywhere near that. Same thing with IndyCar. IndyCar, like, the, somebody actually did a post, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter, but they did a post on, like, how much it would be to go to every single IndyCar race for the season. Mm-hmm. General admission. If you okay. went to every single IndyCar race for the season, it, it that would add up to one F1 ticket oh, for one race. That's intense. Wow. And I was Amazing. like, that's insane. Mm. For one race, an F1 race, could have you could have literally went to every single IndyCar race for the whole entire season on General mm. Mission. I think that tells you a lot about how much money they make, too, from the advertising and stuff and why that's the focus. Yeah, Maybe women have to just create their own... You know, F1. <laughs> <laughs> right there, it just shows you that how out of touch F1 is when it comes to pricing. For, yeah, but people love for, it too. I mean, part of it is not. It's crazy you know, it, because yeah. people love F1, but they're but they're never going to be able to go to a race, like physically experience it, and that's mm. what and that's what I don't like about it is that. You pretty much will have to just watch it on TV for probably forever because there's some mm. people that will never be able to afford to go to an F1 race in their lives. Right. And that and that sucks. When yeah. you know, we've been we've been to multiple NASCAR races. Yeah. You know? It's very accessible, I think. Yeah. That. It is. Yeah. I mean, we've been to Texas Motor Speedway. We've been there once. We actually used oh. to live like 20 minutes from the track. Oh, so wow, cool. we went. We, walk we, over. We took. We took. <laughs> we took the advantage of being twenty minutes from it, and we went. Yeah. Good. But you know, then obviously we moved back to Louisiana. But, um, but we have that. We've been to Talladega for three years in a row. You know. Awesome. Wow. So you know, this will be our. I hear that's year. a real party. Yeah, it definitely. Is. <laughs> yeah, Talladega Boulevard is. Mm. It's literally. It's like the Burning version. Man of race car of drive that, racing. Or you could actually <laughs> compare it to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Or Mardi Gras, yeah, it's yeah, probably better. It's like that. It's definitely yeah. like that. At night, do not bring your children down there. <laughs> do not. And you don't want them to it, see what happens there. No, you do not want them to see. Because <laughs> my husband and I went yeah. one night down there just to see what it was like. Because my daughter, you know, we told her because she was going to bed anyway in the camper. And Mm. so she was like, I'm going to, you know, we were like, we're going to go out for a little bit 
you know, mm-hmm. just, just lock the door, honey. you know, mm-hmm. because, but where we were staying at, there is actually quiet time. So like you can't make a uh, ton of noise after 10 PM. That's good. Well, Talladega Boulevard, there is no quiet time at all. <laughs> so you're not going to get so any sleep down there. Yeah, no, none. Mm-hmm. And so we walked over there and, oh my gosh, the stuff that was going on. There's people that have like built, they actually built bars like in their art, like their camper spots. What? Yeah. Just yeah. for that little, it's like a week or something. Right? Yeah, it's for a week. And there are people that build actual <laughs> bars and they have like all these different things that there's like some people that's like, there was this one guy, he sets up an actual stage and does like, and lets people just go up there and they can do like karaoke or they can just like sing cool. or whatever. Like there's so yeah. much stuff going so on, but I think that's why it's such a, a tight community and people get so, um, I mean, people really get, protective of it you know yeah and and the thing is and that's what i actually love about going to talladega is the community because everybody's so nice and like you know people are automatically like you know wanting to talk to you like hey where do you come from like you know you know how long have y'all been here and you know and things like that like you know like we actually like my daughter and i ran into a guy he actually came from australia he flew he way. flew in yeah. and he and he came down here with some friends and uh mm. he was so lost he didn't know where he was and so like I he bet. started asking me for directions like to get to Benton <laughs> campground because he had he got turned around somehow but yeah, yeah like yeah. he was from australia space. and he flew in wow. to go to come to he said this was his first nascar race ever. that must have been something to and i told and him to i said you australia. picked the best one. Oh, okay you told him <laughs> yeah we keep so, going in and out here but yeah yeah but that's okay um but yeah i told him that he picked the best track to like as his first nascar race because oh, yeah. yeah it's definitely um the other one lifetime. that's actually a huge party that i didn't know about and honestly it did it it was weird when i was told they said the second one is watkins Glen. oh yeah like supposedly that one huh. is just as wild yeah, yeah okay well wow. i never would have guessed <laughs> i was like that was the maybe last that's a secret one i would have thought of right because well i mean with it being up in new york like i would have mm-hmm. never assumed that it would that it would get you know and then if yeah it, it seems like a different energy know, there yeah like i just wouldn't have thought that type of yeah. energy would have, would be like that but no supposedly it's well, um, it's you ever think about big. trying to go to all of them like if you could get some funding or something yeah like a podcast definitely kind of thing. Fun, you know? definitely i mean that's pretty much kind of a good excuse that- right to to travel like if you yeah. could get someone to fund you and just kind of yeah. like hit actually i already i already posted something about that that's oh. pretty much race about culture. exactly that you're gonna on try to road. do that what? on the road and like pretty much people can't like sponsor it like through oh, okay. buy me a coffee like you know okay. just donate money through it and stuff and that's what i'm doing so talladega is going to be the first one uh after that it just depends like we'll figure it out but yeah, um, you know, depending on funding and everything, but Talladega is the first one. 
So we're going to actually go to the, the speedway. And then we also go to the short track. So the dirt track, which is literally like across the street. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, right. so yeah, so we'll, we'll be there too, um, doing that. And actually that weekend, um, hunt the front, um, is like, they, mm -hmm. you know, they're pretty big series here. Um, they, they are actually doing, um, something at the track at the Talladega short track oh. that weekend. So, so yeah, that we'll be like there for perfect it. Perfect place to start it all off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. Um, and it's funny because um, one of the guys that runs hunt the front, his wife I actually follow her on Instagram. So like, mm -hmm. you know, I've mm -hmm. interacted with her a cool. few times. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> might, might end up. So there's a connection. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, you should reach out and be like, "Hey, come on, come on the show, talk about." Oh stuff. yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I do plan on asking her about mm -hmm. being on the podcast because um, mm -hmm. maybe in person it would be even better. Like, well, that that's what I'm thinking that I could maybe mm -hmm. like meet her at the track and and then talk, yeah, and talk to her. about whatever the track, yeah, yeah, and talk to her and then that would be you cool. know maybe set up something then. But yeah, yeah. and then also I was going to well, be doing a live podcast cast episode from Metality. Oh, that would be fun too. I yeah. like that. Could stream it. Yeah, Could that's what I was going to do. As it's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go soon because it's like uh, now <gasps> after midnight and yeah. my husband is probably like, wait, I should probably go soon. But I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, or I wanted to talk about just before we go, like, yeah. have you found it hard to promote yourself as a woman and all this? Because we've been talking about social media and all this right. stuff. And, you know, I just started this podcast, too. And I'm not I'm pretty shy. I mean, I'm kind of a philosopher and kind of a scientist. I'm not really like on social media. Right. You know? But now that I'm doing this podcast, it's like, oh, you really need to be on social media. And I mean, it kind of relates to some of these themes we've been talking about of like, you know, just asserting these kind of masculine so-called mm. masculine behaviors of like asserting yourself or right. being confident or all this like have you found how have you dealt with that with because you're a little farther ahead now with your podcast and everything and i just right. wonder like i mean you started a little sooner and you've you seem really confident with it you're on social media you're doing it all was it hard for you or was it it, it was at the very beginning it was very hard for me because i'm i'm automatically like an introvert I'm not yeah, me too. <laughs> the, yeah, the podcast has really pushed mm -hmm. me out of my element when it comes to, you know, when it comes to interviewing people and mm -hmm. things like that. So no, at first I was not very confident at all. Um, and you can even tell in the podcast episodes when I first started, uh, like you can just tell how well, that's I, great. You can see the, the evolution. You know? Yeah. You can definitely see the progression throughout mm -hmm. the podcast because my first few episodes I was extremely nervous and not confident at all. Mm -hmm. um, but now, like, I'm a lot more confident in, you know, in, in the podcast. But as far as, like, social media goes, yeah, at first, I was, it was very hard for me to promote myself. Yeah, um, it just feels weird or something, but it shouldn't. Yeah. It's just, you know, well, I don't know if that's another weird thing we learn as women or something. Yeah, or, I think, um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, when you're an introvert, it's very hard for you to put yourself forward, like put yourself out there, like, because, yeah. you know, obviously that brings a lot of attention to you. And, you know, that's kind of, that kind of goes against being an introvert. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's, it, it's, it's not easy to overcome. Honestly, like the biggest thing, 
that has helped me is video, like being on camera. Oh, like, really? That Just has actually helped that... me, like making oh, myself be it, on camera. Because it become more normal or something if you do yeah, that? Yeah, now it's become so it's more It's not such normal. a big deal anymore. Yeah. No, but at first it was very hard for me um mm -hmm. and but i but once i started just making myself be on camera no matter yeah. how i looked it didn't matter if i had makeup on or whatever like yeah. i well, started to be who you are too. yeah i started being a way more confident because mm -hmm. it was like at first that that was it was rough because i was always yeah. like well i i don't know you know, or like if I'd stumble or something like that, but like now I just roll with it. Just like do it. I, yeah. Just I think I like that. The unfiltered it. part is, is good because I, I really, there's, I won't do it if I have to be something I'm not or, right. or like, yeah, or like be authentic. All. I mean, wear a bunch of makeup or stuff because I don't do that in normal life. So it would be weird to, but I think just being yourself on camera is probably, yeah. and, and in the way you do the podcast and everything, it's just kind of, this is what it is. And, that's probably what people connect with, actually. Yeah, I mean, well, and the biggest thing with the guests, and I think that's why it makes it easier for them to just come on, is that when they realize that this is just casual conversation. Yeah, this just is talking. not some yeah, See what this is not some <laughs> formal interview where we're const like I'm constantly asking you questions like as if I was media. No, because mm -hmm. I want you to be able to show your personality for who you truly are and for people mm -hmm. to really understand like who you are and what your story is without that because that that's what makes you you and it's not authentic if i'm constantly just asking you random questions mm -hmm. so. yeah i like that a lot yeah. yeah my my podcast is a little different but it's it's similar because i don't really i kind of think of like a little bit of an outline because i'm mm -hmm. kind of usually i'm talking to people about motorcycles or things right. you know it's, it's different we're not talking about racing usually although motorsports is part of it but right yeah but i like to just have kind of a general idea and then just talk it's it's much more interesting. Though. Yeah. Every now and then, like, so that's why I do it. I do it two ways. So people can either do a pre-podcast interview where I actually talk to them about like how, you know, how this goes or whatever. And there's some people, they have PR teams. So I have to yeah, send right. questions. So you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to send questions. But mm -hmm. even though I send them those questions, we still tend to kind of follow it, but it's still mm -hmm. more improv. Like, yeah. I won't, I won't like go into like question questions, like as a formal interview. You're not like stuck on a, no. on a particular point. If we point get off on a tangent to... and get on yeah. a subject, it, oh well. Like, mm -hmm. but I still make sure that I kind of keep a format because obviously we don't want their PR team to lose it. No, you know? of course not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah like <laughs> that would not be good right I, but i try yeah. and they're spending their time i mean it's you know you want to yeah and so time. i try my best to make sure mm -hmm. that i cater to them but outside of that like mm -hmm. when it's just other people that are not like they still want to do the pre-podcast thing because they don't mm -hmm. really know like what the process is when i tell yeah. them hey it's just a casual conversation like what we're doing right now you're like, oh, mm -hmm. well, I didn't even really need to do this then. Yeah, yeah. But it's because yeah. they just didn't know. They and just that's didn't okay. know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. But well, other that's good. than you that, kind of most do. people just go straight into the podcast interview. Because th the thing is, I still kind of tell you how it goes right before, right? Mm -hmm. Like kind of what mm -hmm. I did with you. Like I told you, hey, mm -hmm. this is just a casual conversation. Yeah. I'll go into the intro, you know, and then I'll mm -hmm. cue you in. Yeah. that's literally what 
what I do with every podcast interview before anyway. Mm. So you don't really have to do the pre-podcast interview, but some people no, do. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Well, but it's yeah. cool what you're doing. and um, Thank you. Yeah, I hope we can help each other in whatever way. And yeah, definitely. Definitely. And- yeah, I mean, your podcast, obviously, yeah, I understand it's new. And trust me, congrats on just starting because <laughs> a you. lot of people don't start and a lot of people don't stay consistent and keep and keep going. And the fact mm-hmm. that you started is a huge thing. And you should be yeah. like, definitely celebrate that and celebrate the small wins, uh-huh. the fact that you're being consistent with it, because most mm-hmm. people don't make it past three episodes. No, we've got tons of episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's they're good conversations. I love it. I mean, I think you got to love what you. I love it. I'd I'd do it no matter what. It's just interesting. It's stuff I'm interested in, and it's interesting people. So in a way, it's like a gift to get Mm -hmm. to to do it. But it is a lot of work too, as you. It is. (laughs) It is, but it's worth it. It's a lot more work than you think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And (laughs) yeah, for everybody that's listening. You don't realize how much work goes into a podcast until you actually do it yourself, mm-hmm. because it's not just That's it's sure. not just talking. You've got to edit. You've got to do all your social media stuff. You've got to and setting you know, it all up. And, yeah. Set up yeah. everything, you know, to get it to be published to all mm-hmm. the platforms. And then, you know, if you have a newsletter like I do, I've got to do that mm-hmm. to send it out so people know when, you know, when it's when it's gone out, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a lot to keep up with. You got to kind of love what you're doing, but I mean, yeah. I guess any job is like that or any, whatever this is kind of, but it doesn't feel like a job. This one does it no. like, because I like it. Yeah. You know? well, that's how it should feel. That's, yeah. You know, when, when you that like time. what you're doing, it doesn't feel like a job. Um, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, trust me, it, 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 you're putting in hours like a job now. Yeah. Too. And when you have a family and other jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. it adds up. I mean, that, yeah, those extra couple does. hours, you know, you have to really make time for it. So. Yeah. 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 But it's great. And it's what's really cool is that you give women a platform. And, and also just that, you know, it's collecting all these different women's stories together as racers. Because right. then you realize, oh, there's a community of women racers right. and all these different kinds of racing. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's different. And also I give women that mm-hmm. are not in all these larger divisions a chance to share their stories too. You know? Yeah. Or someone like me who's writing about right. transportation and um, an author and talking to mostly people in the motorcycle business and right. things like this and electric, sustainable motoring, all of this. It's a little mm-hmm. different, but you know, it's all connected. The more we, the more I succeed, the more you succeed, the more you succeed, the more I succeed in this kind of world. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm so glad that you were able to come on and share your story because, you know, definitely want more people to know, you know, about your podcast and who you are. So obviously, you you know, for everybody who's listening, I will be linking all of Andrea's social media and her website. So you guys can go check out her podcast, Forever Motoring, and also read the blog posts, you know, all that stuff. So you guys can, you know, just mm-hmm. know what she's doing and, you know, keep up with her and support her. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, support all women in motorsports, no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. And obviously she is one. So definitely, you know, support her in any way you can. So Thanks so much, Rachel. And same for you. And I'll definitely be sure to say the same to my oh, group, my community, because I think it's good. Of course, I love what you're doing too. And I like your, 
the energy you're putting into it. So I wish you lots of luck. And hopefully you're going to be making the money soon to buy your daughter her car. (laughs) Right. Buy that that (laughs) team that she wants. (laughs) The new family race team starting soon. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Andrea. Uh, As I mentioned in the episode, I will link all of her social media and her website, everything, um, her podcast. So you guys can definitely go check her out and support her. Um, please, you know, support other female motorsport content creators because there's not many of us and, uh, we all deserve, you know, all the love and support. And if you are loving this podcast and also want to make sure that you support us, uh, there are multiple ways to do that. You can, rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you choose. Uh, we mainly promote, uh, Podbean, Apple and Spotify because those are the main three, but you can also find us on like other ones, including like iHeartRadio, Amazon music, Google podcasts, overcast. And guys, there's so many that I could, I couldn't name them all, but I know we are on other, um, platforms as well. Also, um, if you feel called, you can definitely, um, sponsor the podcast. Uh, we have multiple sponsorship packages to fit different budgets, whether you're a small business or a large corporation. Uh, so definitely check those out. That's in the show notes as well. And, um, also, um, if you want to do smaller amounts, um, we do have a buy me a coffee um, that I will have that link in the show notes as well. Um, and so you can do um, minimum of five dollars and that helps support this content, helps um, pay my production team, everybody that helps with, uh, with this podcast, because I do not do it alone anymore. I'm, I cannot be a one woman show anymore. Um, it is way too difficult for me to be able to do that. So, so yeah, if you guys feel called to do that, definitely I support, um, I appreciate all the support and, um, yeah, so that's it for this week, guys. Um, make sure that you guys are following the podcast wherever um wherever you want to listen to it and also um definitely check out the VIP section newsletter if you are not subscribed to it because you also get to listen to the podcast episodes the night before they actually get released so so yeah guys uh, that is it until uh Monday if you are a VIP or Tuesday if you are just finding us through social media. Um, Take care and go out and manifest your best life.